da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Welcome back in to the Bad Movie Marathon here on Mad About Movies. Hope everybody's staying safe out there. Brian, Gil, you, you're, you're there? I'm here. You're making it, but... You made, you this made really it. This put it to the test, I gotta be honest. Yeah. What's worse is that I expect worse to come, you know what I mean? Like, looking at the schedule ahead, I'm like, oh, man, we gotta... We gotta Travolta double feature. How am I gonna make it through? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, this was this was tough, guys. This was really tough. You uh, you were uh, kind of talking to our VIPs in Discord when you started to watch this, and you said, "I think you got about halfway through." And then your next message was like, "I don't, I don't know if I'm going to make it, y'all. I think this might this might be it." I had to watch this six hundred and four episodes yeah, in, yeah. and it's like I just can't. I'm I'm I had I'm to done. watch this in increments. I watched I watched sorry. about six twenty minute increments. I was like, I got it. I got to stop. I can't do this right now. Like this is this is really putting me through it. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel, but for me, this I is loved about it. as bad as it gets. This was tough. <laughs> so it took like half your day. I did it like first thing and I did it in one sitting because I was like the maximum amount this is going to take if my life is going to be 90 minutes uh-huh. and then I'm going to do the podcast and be done forever hopefully <laughs> so just just hang them up Brian, Brian's like slow burn this thing I just couldn't <laughs> take it I, I, I'm exaggerating a little bit but I did watch it in two or three increments because after I started mm. it on you know, all the days are the same now. So I don't remember if it was Friday or Saturday, but I started it during kind of the, the morning. And after a bit, I was like, I gotta, I gotta take a break. I gotta do something else. (laughs) I need some sort of detox. I can't keep doing this. It was, it was tough. It was tough. Well, it would not be a bad movie marathon if there wasn't an Adam Sandler movie representing his, I guess, post big daddy post-punch-drunk-love times of movies. And I, I think we could have just, like, put bingo balls in one of those th- tumblers and picked one out. It would have could be a lot of different choices here, you know? This has got to be the worst had one, the same effect. of, the, of the, yeah. the Sandler movies. This has to be the worst one. Like, I can't... I haven't seen them all, but I can't imagine that any of them are worse than this. This is horrific. Just horrific. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Jack and Jill. <laughs> week recommend time. Let's do that. Uh, well, we will have week recommend at the end of this episode. Brian has been doing daily recommends over on the VIP with with special guests along the way. Yeah. So if you want a little daily recommend podcast to get you through the uh, work at home, maybe your quarantine, maybe your commute if you're still working, mm-hmm. then check that out. Sign up for the VIP and have a good old time with those people talking about that and with Brian releasing those. And shout out to the people who joined us on our live stream, our Zoom live stream mm. this weekend. Yeah. Fun time. We talked about the best action movies, I guess it is, since 1980. Mm. A little bracket that was put out there on the internet by a different podcast. And we did our version of that. And you can see mm-hmm. the replay of that in the VIP as well. You can see the results and all that. So if that interests you, if you want to know what we picked as the best movie of the past 40 years or so, Check that out on the VIP, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. A lot of fun stuff happening in there, too. We just released our um, Apollo 13 episode, as well as our Castaway episode. Had a little Tom Hanks action. And uh, now we got High Fidelity. It's uh, not only the anniversary of High Fidelity, uh, 20 years, but also the High Fidelity television series mm. is out on Hulu. Mm. So you can kind of cross those over, compare and contrast. The Hulu. The Hulu. Like old person. Ah. Mm-hmm. Hulu. Hulu. <laughs> Larry King, when he got that new show, said it's on the Hulu. <laughs> so I, I do what Larry does. That's the way to go, honestly. Could do a yeah. lot another more. whole Been divorced six conversation. times. I got one more to go. Yeah, that's how I tweet. Why Larry so, King is yeah. like, I'm going to quit doing Larry King Live, but I'm going to interview like random influencers on Hulu. I don't, <laughs> I don't, American Treasure, Larry King. <laughs> 
we need to maybe ask for a, a comment from his publicist on that one, why that that's a thing. But he likes to sit across from people and ask them. He does, but he might as well get paid $10 million to do it on CNN, like with relevant well, they had people. to make room. They had to make room for... Uh, who was that? Seven episode? hours of Wolf Blitzer a night. No, and, who was the guy that followed? Piers Morgan. Ah, oh, well, you go know, when when you got Piers out, in yeah. the back pocket, they made the right call. That's uh, obviously. Um, yeah, no, Larry's the best. It is funny though when he's interviewing like Steve-O. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's always does the thing where he goes, "Do you like? Uh, <laughs> Do you like eggs?" Like, and they're like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Me too. <laughs> Me too." We'll be right back. <laughs> Love that. All right. Well, I guess we've delayed this as much as I can, trying to avoid mm. talking about Jack and Jill. But this is a – I don't really know what was going on in Sandler's life during this time. Imagine it's something pretty dark, though. <laughs> you can only only infer that from what we've seen. I mean, he wanted to this. go on a cruise, obviously. That was – Yeah, Royal Caribbean uh, offered him a lot of money right. to yeah. – you double up. You get the you get the money from the studio and the uh, the Royal Caribbean treatment. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it must have been pretty rough. Must have been rough. Always wanted to work with Pacino. Yeah. Wayne Corbett retired, and so he was just in a really dark place. And he made Jack and Jill. Yeah, this movie came out in two thousand and eleven. Uh, towards, I guess, the end of the really really bad run here. We had Grown Ups two after this. But, yeah, Adam Sandler has had some gems in his career, did it? Gosh, that's my boy was after this, too. <laughs> did you like that? Gracious. Yeah, I like that. That was good. Good play. Thanks. Yeah. he. Uh, let, let's see the old, the old schedule here. So, he had... Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> it's so dark. Uh, where, do, where do we think it, off, it fell off officially? Um it's a good question. I thought about this watching the movie because I was like, you know, when I watch one of these kind of Sandler movies, we're all big fans. We should just in case we have yeah. new listeners, we are all huge Sandler fans and um, believe him to be a very talented performer who should have been nominated for an Oscar last year and and all these sorts of things. Um, when I watch one of these movies, I, I try to look at it through the lens of like 12 year old me, you know, um, that loved happy Gilmore and Billy Madison and all these movies. And I, I tried to ask myself, okay, would, would 12 year old me think this is really funny and I'm just have gotten old and jaded and all that kind of stuff. And no, obviously not with this, but I think maybe, I don't know if where you guys want to set the kind of the, the line of demarcation. I think it's probably, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Like there are bad movies before that or not particularly funny movies. Uh, but that one to me, I think is like a real, there's a real difference between the badness of I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry versus the badness of Mr. Deeds or little Nicky or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I put the mark anyway. So he had, I guess we could start with Grown Ups in 2010 slash 11 was Grown Ups. And then he had Just Go With It. Mm. Then he was the voice of the monkey in Zookeeper. When he, when he started hanging out with Kevin James, I really think that's, that's probably, I'm going to blame Kevin yeah. James for all of this. Like, cause I hate. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I now I'm pronounce you Chuck and Larry with Kevin James in 2007. And then that's where it ended. That's where the, and he, it changed his whole, yeah. Pers- he was, yeah, he was guest star uh-huh. on, King of Queens yeah. in 2007. And he's like, hey, yeah, Kevin James, Kevin you and I James should do joint. something. Yeah. Yeah. And then they did Chuck and Larry. Mm-hmm. And then he did You Don't Mess with the Zohan in 08, mm. followed by Bedtime Stories. I don't think I've seen that. Is that the? Is that a kid's movie? Yeah. yeah that's, that's a kid's movie, movie right? It's not, I mean, it's, it's not, not a Christmas good, movie, but compared right? to a lot of these. I mean, his name's Skeeter in the movie. So, you know, it's good. Oh. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, <laughs> never mind. Uh, <laughs> funny people. In 2009, I actually like that. He's great in movie he's great performance. In he's yeah. great in that. But yeah. that movie's a little bloated. But there's a good movie in there. He's not the problem with it mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's uh, two hours and a half, two and a half hours. Yeah. It should be an hour and a half. Um, that's the problem. But like most Judd Apatow movies, can be for sure cut down. 
Then after Grown Ups, he had Just Go With It, Zookeeper. Then Jack and Jill. And then after the Jack and Jill, it was That's My Boy. Um, and then he had Hotel Transylvania, which is fine. It's actually uh, pretty good. Then Grown Ups 2. Then Blended. Right now. Which is right now is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Um, 2014 also had Men, Women, and Children, The Cobbler. Oh, gosh. Then Pixels. Oof. And Pixels was his last theatrical release besides Hotel Transylvania 2 and 3. But other than that, he's gone to Netflix with The Ridiculous Six, The Do Over, Sandy Wexler. Oh, um, yeah, the uh, Noah Baumbach movie he was yeah. in, Murder Mystery. Um, Last year and uncut gems last year, and then he he's definitely got- valid. Like oh, like his movies now. I mean, the ridiculous six is really bad, but like murder mystery is infinitely better than Jack and Jill and mm-hmm. Chuck and Larry to me. I agree. I mean, it's yeah. bad. Don't get me wrong; it's not good, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah. I, it, it's funny because I remember seeing the trailer for Jack and Jill. Back in back when they were originally releasing it, and thinking it was a bit like yeah. I, I could have sworn I, I didn't think this was a real movie that was actually come. Doesn't this doesn't this look and, and feel exactly like a trailer movie from Tropic yes. Thunder? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Adam Sandler has a sister, <laughs> yeah. an identical twin sister. Uh-huh. Well, you can't be identical twins and be. Brother and sister, yeah. you have to be either two brothers or two right. sisters. So that's <laughs> strike one. All, <laughs> all this movie is missing from being a Tropic Thunder spoof is a lot of farting. Like if there was in the trailer, oh, there's a lot there of was, farting. If there was like a ton of farting. You'd be like, oh, okay, that maybe would maybe take it too far and push it in the Tropic Thunder direction. But gosh, oof. yeah, they saved the farting for the movie. <laughs> they didn't want to give away, yeah, hold all the funny guys. parts hold, in the trailer a little bit. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where he came up with this. Hell, I don't know. Yeah, just there, a real bad drug trip or something. I don't know. Is, there's no... God. Did he write this one? Because he usually writes most of these. Um, there's Steve Corin, screenplay, and Adam Sandler. Who wrote, there you go. Who wrote the Palestinian chicken episode with Larry David of Curb and this. That's confusing. So That's weird. a top 10 episode of Curb. It's so weird. Gosh. And Robert Smigel, it says, did mm-hmm. two rewrites of this. And then uh, hmm. neither of them worked. <laughs> I mean, maybe they did. Maybe. I mean, what, yeah, what was maybe it before, before this? Michael got yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I know. I do remember when this movie came out, there were, I just, I was like, of course, was like, this is only two years removed from, from starting the podcast. Um, I was writing a lot of movie reviews at the time. I think I was probably editing for the a, a site doing movie stuff at that time. And I, I mean, and I'm sure you guys were in the same boat. I think we were, I was like, this is going, I mean, obviously this is going to be a horrific movie. And I remember a lot of people, I mean, not a lot, cause they didn't make like a ton of money, but, but several people who felt like this looks so absurd and ridiculous that surely this is a bit like we're, this is going to turn out to be funny just because they're going to lean into the bit and it's going to be, Something like that, whereas what it turned out to be. And then like so many people coming out of that being like, Oh no, no, no. It was the trailer was correct. It did convey how terrible this movie was. I just convinced myself otherwise, because it couldn't possibly be that bad. But it it certainly is. Yeah. I I never saw this until this watch. Same. Um Yeah, same here. And I was I was aware of Al Pacino's involvement. I did not know he was playing himself. And I was blown away at that little same here. brilliant piece yeah. of meta. <laughs> I had the exact same realization. I was like, oh, I he's, was like, he oh, plays Pacino? Oh, no. no. <laughs> mm. That's why he got in it, because they're like, here, you're going to play yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even have to do a character or anything. He's like, got it. <laughs> Definitely did not read the script. There's no chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, they gave him his sides on the day and said, here's mm-hmm. what you're doing. And there's no chance. Okay. <laughs> but correct me if I'm wrong. I remember that. Did they use the Dunkachino as a real ad? I feel like I saw that on TV as a real Dunkin' Donuts commercial. 
Mm. I have no idea. Uh, sure, surely not. <laughs> surely not. <laughs> well, I had heard it of that, and I'd seen that like little rap thing he's done. But I'd never seen this movie until this watch. So I don't know where that would have entered my consciousness other than seeing it as a commercial. Like, doesn't that feel like a bad Super Bowl ad that Dunkin' Donuts would have done too? Uh You know, I feel like it, I feel like that was that that was an ad. They actually leaned like they like Dunkin' Donuts super meted it and actually made out that into a thing. And you're right. It was, it was, uh, it was a real thing that they used as a commercial. Uh, That's genius. <laughs> so Adam well, said you can piggyback off of the cultural movement mm-hmm. like Jack and Jill. You have to do it. Right. Exactly. Great tie in. <laughs> funny. Gets your brand. People are like, oh, man, they're fun. Yeah. I'm like the man, Duncan's. So what blew my mind about this, and I'm sure you all have numerous observations is that uh okay so you've got adam sandler and he's also his sister jill mm-hmm. mm. jack and jill and, just in case yeah. you can catch the the title yeah jack uh-huh. and, jill. Mm. and i think that's it <laughs> i think that's the whole movie um mm-hmm. blew my blows my mind uh you can make a comedy that's let's see how long this one was uh 126 minutes Mm. hour 26 let's see hour 31 okay you can make a comedy that's that long with no jokes in it (laughs) that's what there's not one like a bit in the movie Mm -hmm. uh there's not one zinger in the movie some Um, solid diarrhea though (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's to each his own. She eats a chimichanga and then has diarrhea, mm-hmm. and then that's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Eat it, James Thurber. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you, but you would think like there would be one line in the movie that like would be funny. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. it's like, the. Uh, I mean, the, the scene that really sums up what this movie offers comedically is Jill comes to dinner with uh, for the first time mm. over at uh, Jack's house, and he's like. She's like, oh, I wanted to sit there. And he's like, oh, uh, well, she's sitting there. He's like, no, but I wanted to sit there. I always okay, sit well, next you. You could sit over there, yeah. but but I want to sit here. Yeah, that's that's that sums up the comedic heights mm-hmm. of of what we're doing is people arguing over a seat at at dinner. Yeah, and it, there's no and it goes for like a solid six minutes. I mean, it's a really long. Bit, uh-huh. So, oh, man, it, that's that summarizes pretty much the comedic breadth of. What's brought is arguing over a seat at the dinner table and then chimichanga diarrhea. Mm. And then uh, call it a day. Credits roll. Is this the point of his career where he's like, listen, this doesn't have to be funny. People are going to go see it. Because he got there, I feel like with Pixels and with a lot of these movies, grownups especially, it's like, listen, this is going to have me. It's going to have Spade. Mm -hmm. Chris Rock, people are going to go see this. It doesn't matter. We don't even have to do a script, basically. We just have to put words on a page, show up, and it's going to make $100 million, you know, at Mm -hmm. least. Yes. It's what it feels like. For sure. No. I mean, there's no comedic inspiration behind this and be like, what if Adam Sandler had a woman's wig on? Yeah. That's... I mean, he's been pretty I mean, it's not done in like a... I mean, these movies are a direct result of not getting any awards attention for, for, uh, uh, funny people. Right. Like, I mean, that's, this is, this is a result of, of people not taking him seriously in that movie. And he's great. He's really, really, really good in that movie. And you know, um, now, now he's punishing everybody for it. So, so what's he going to do now after uncut gems? I mean, that's, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, that's really terrifying. I think we have our answer with COVID-19. He's got a, uh, He's got a Halloween movie on Netflix coming out yeah. this year, so Ubi Dubois. That'll be great. I haven't seen it. The only Netflix one I've seen of his is Ridiculous Six, I think. I think that was the only one. Yeah. I think I saw it because I watched Hateful Eight and then I like came home and was like, Oh, I want to see what kind of what they're playing on. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh okay, all right. And then that was it. Yeah, Ridiculous um, Six is really rough. That's a 
That was in consideration for worst 10 of the decade for me. I mean, that's a, mm. just a terrible, terrible. This is worse somehow, but uh, that seemed Much at the worse. moment like it was it couldn't get worse than that. I was wrong. Yeah, the only reason this wasn't in the bottom 10 of the decade is I hadn't seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a strong contender. <laughs> so glad. I mean, eventually it caught up with us. We had to see it, but thank God we weren't doing episodes then. Can you imagine seeing this in the oh, theater? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Having I mean, to look the... Because at that point, there really weren't even automated machines you just have to look the uh the cashier in the eye the 12 year old in the eye and say one for jack and jill please and then face mm-hmm. that shame in front of a, a line full of people yeah that'd be tough yeah uh, i respect sandler you kind of touched on that uh brian but do you think he thinks this is funny no 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 i i mean i think i've said this before May, I, Maybe I haven't on the air, but no, I, I think he fully understands that what he is making with these movies is garbage. And I don't know, maybe that's the difference between him and, and you said this recently, Kent, in our discord, we were talking about, was it Kevin Smith? I think Kevin Smith versus mm-hmm. like someone like Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe who's made my favorite movie of all time and two or three others that I really, really love. And then he's been on a really bad run since then. And I don't know that it's ever going to get better. I certainly don't have a lot of uh, faith in that, but it is what it is. But I think one of the big differences, you said this, Ken, I'm putting words in your mouth, so I apologize, but one of the big differences between Kevin Smith and and Cameron Crowe is that Cameron Crowe understands that Aloha is a piece of garbage, and Kevin Smith, I don't think, does understand that most of the movie, that Tusk is terrible. You know? Right. He thinks Jane Silent Bob reboot is like mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, totally. And so He's I don't know who the like 90 the, times at live shows. He's like, yeah, I watch it every time. It's great. <laughs> yes. What? So I don't know who the, the comedian actor version of, of Adam Sandler is, but I think Adam Sandler is very well aware that these movies are not good, that they're not inspired, but that he got paid $20 million to do each of them and went on a fun vacation and no one's going to take him seriously as an actor anyway. So what does it really matter? You know? Yeah, Exactly. You know, I, I mean, what I don't get about that is like, if you're going to go to the effort, at least make it funny. You know, I, he didn't need the money at this time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's only, this is only going to hurt his career. You know, he had to know that. Yeah. He had to, he had to have seen this edit and be like, oh gosh. Like imagine being the studio behind this. Who was this? Columbia, I think. Sony, Columbia. They, uh, you know, he turns it in and then they all go, all the execs go in the screening room and just watch this one, you know? Mm-hmm. And what do you do? What do you do at that point where you sit down and watch this? And he's like, that's the one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. All right, yeah. sweet. Let's ramp up the marketing. Let's, mm-hmm. let's go start mm-hmm. signing some checks. Let's, you know, I <laughs> just hope nobody f- figures this thing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah. know, what's the. What's but the made, thought process yeah. when you know you've got a dumpster fire on your hand? You know? Well, it made $150 million worldwide. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, its budget was 80. So, $80 million. Yeah, $80 million. Yeah, I mean, Boyle's a $40 million dollar, uh, wig he was wearing. His <laughs> yeah, real hair. Sandler got, he got double his, his normal rate. He's playing two characters. So, he got $40 million mm-hmm. to do this, uh, I, I hope. Yeah. Uh, that's how, yeah. <laughs> and then thirty million for Pacino, and, and he uh, gets a back end too. Mm-hmm. He gets producer credits. Yeah, and then Spade uh, the boob job for Spade to do it and then undo it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that costs a lot. Uh, way you know you could say why not just do prosthetics, but Spade's method, you know. And so uh, it was a pre- that was pretty substantial for the budget, but but it was a successful movie financially. So I guess they got it right. <laughs> And they had to pay Johnny Depp too. The Scarfist fee was <laughs> extraordinary. He's like a thousand dollars a day to be on set with his personal Scarfist. <laughs> and so you had that and Pacino. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's, tough. T- it's a big one. You know, Katie Holmes wasn't cheap either back then. Yeah, she had a no. lot going on. Is that Cruise era? That's post Cruise for I her. Think right? is, I think that's yeah, kind of right towards the end of. Yeah, that's. Um, <laughs> They think it was the Scientology that they broke up, but no, Cruz couldn't get over Jack and Jill. <laughs> it's just a bridge. Too I like far for Johnny him. Depp's Justin Bieber T-shirt. He's wearing randomly in this for no reason. <laughs> I don't understand that. I guess it's a bit 
never really mentioned. Um, no, he was trying to recruit the Beebs for, for the Hollywood vampires. And, uh, yeah, Duffy was like, hey, man. <laughs> Duffy's a hey, Duffy, Duffy, did you see uh, Jack and Jill? Huh? Duffy boy. Duffy, you like Sandler? <laughs> Duff McKagan's like, dude, just stop. I haven't seen a Sandler movie since. I'm sorry, Duffy, daddy, I'm sorry. Dude, yeah. <laughs> like, Duff's... <laughs> Duff's daughter is really into Bieber. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he mentions it once on a call, and <laughs> Timberlake's like, I mean, uh, Depp's like, order 30,000 Bieber shirts. <laughs> Nothing in moderation. Need you to make a scarf out of Bieber shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't this uh, make you feel bad for Kobe, too? That this yeah. thing will live on in infamy. <laughs> he has no chance they to defend himself him out, anymore. Like the World Trade Center and some friends. Old Friends episode. Yeah, just edit him out. It's just a floating ball. Mitch Richmond and a Lakers. (laughs) Glenn Rice, yeah. Yeah. Glenn Rice, that's his punishment for the, like, the Palin thing. (laughs) (laughs) I guess um, Al Pacino wants to hook up with Jill in the movie. Well, she's very hot. Um, Yeah. So I I get it. You know, that's the most realistic part of the movie, I think. Yeah. by far fair stretch. Norm so McDonald uh, wants to date her too, apparently. <laughs> that I believe. Oh, Jared Fogel, oh, that joke. Held yeah, that's, that's the part that needs to be edited out. That was, uh, that was not great. <laughs> it's definitely the best movie that has Regis and a Jared Fogel thing mm-hmm. like that. So you can't take that away from it. Yeah, it's true. John Mack and American treasure, John McEnroe hanging out Johnny with Mac. Nick Swartzen mm-hmm. in the movie. Too. Johnny Mac. Dan, obligatory Dan Patrick, Dan Patrick cameo, oh, Sam Meadows action Shaq. happening. Yeah. Honestly, like, and I love Dan Patrick, big, big, big show fan back in the day. But you could correlate Dan Patrick's appearances in Sandler movies kind of along with Kevin James. Like once he started showing up, mm. they got a lot worse pretty quick too. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, I want answers. <laughs> what was the worst part to you, Brian? Uh, what was the part where you had to like? Yeah, I mean, turn pro- it off? probably the part where it got made. That was tough. Yeah, um, yeah, it was tough. Th- and then mostly just that, like the whole thing, the existence of the. I mean, look, Al Pacino has completely wasted much of his latter years of his career. So it's not like it's a huge outlier for him to be in a terrible movie. He's been in lots of terrible movies uh, over the last twenty five years. But like there was something, and I'm not even the hugest Pacino fan. Um, I mean, I'll, you know, he's he's great, but there's plenty of times where we're just like, this guy's. I don't know. We might be coasting off of two or three great big wins, and and uh, anyway, there's something really sad about seeing him playing himself, obsessed with Adam Sandler in drag. And I just it was it was a real bummer on top of just being such a horrific movie. So. Mm-hmm. I think just yeah. Pacino being involved and playing himself. You're right, Richard. I had no idea. I had no idea he played himself. And for whatever reason, that really bummed me out even more than than mm-hmm. Same. the bulk of the movie, which is saying something. But yeah. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get worse, um, you know, Jack and Jill, uh, they want to cuddle. In this, it's like a little incestuous action happening, and uh, that part I liked. <laughs> We know, yeah. You yeah. know, you love. <laughs> I'm not. Game of I'm not not down with uh, Sandler on Sandler love. <laughs> um, and then, as long as lunch lady and someone else. And then we have, uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, we have some uh, racist Felipe character mm. in this too. Some some really bad racial stereotyping, and it was not good at all. Um, that's the entire point of that is like <laughs> to be racist. So, uh, yeah, I don't feel like anyone other than Sandler knew what this was going to be. And maybe even then, uh, maybe Sandler didn't even know what this was going to be. And you, like I say, you edit, you edit it together, you turn it in and you're like, uh, all right, this was, I had this idea in my head and here's what came out. And you just, it's what? 2% on Rotten Tomatoes. It it won every Razzie that it was nominated for. Quite the run. I mean, that's that's a plus. It's three percent. Can't give it some respect. Thirty six percent audience score though. So I got some questions for the audience. Um, they don't know better. Three fresh ratings. I gotta 
I gotta look those up. Here we go. Uh, Jackie K. Cooper of JackieKCooper.com says, aimed at kids, but provides a few chuckles for the adults, too. Six out of ten. Michael A. Smith of Media Mike says, the premise gets annoying after a while, but that is when, oh gosh, I, ooh, but that is when Pacino shows up to make things interesting. He gets great laughs spoofing his serious side while on stage and when his Oscar is accidentally damaged, zings the Academy Awards. Uh, so, what a zing. What a zing. And then John Hazelton of Screen International says, It won't make many new converts, but Adam Sandler fans will be plenty happy with Jack and Jill, a broad and endearingly loopy family comedy in which Sandler stars alongside himself in drag, and even more bizarrely, Al Pacino playing himself. Mm. Let's go ahead and pull those uh, media credentials, I think, for, for those three. Uh, that's oof. Dennis Dugan, too, the director of He's got some Alzheimer's. <laughs> he did, he did uh, direct Happy Gilmore. But, he man, did. He's got, some, he's got both the grown-ups to his name as well. He's Sandler's go-to, like, yeah. take the hit for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because Sandler yep. basically directs these, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah. They say he's like a, the most active producer ever. Like he's framing shots and stuff. Yeah. So this guy just gets the cash checks in order to put his yeah. name to it. Hero, really. Yeah. yeah, it's not a it's not a bad gig. Yeah, I was trying to see where he had directed a non Sandler movie, and I think you have to go back to the Bench Warmers in two thousand six. I think everything else is a is a Sandler joint. That's uh who's in that? Is that Isn't Peter? It, uh, that oh that's a Peter? that's a yeah, and I believe Spade, and I think there's a Nick Swordsden in there, so and maybe a Schneider, Schneider as well. Yeah. Schneider's the lead. Classic. <laughs> I see, um, I'm going through the IMDb uh, picks of the premiere, and it looks like Dallas Cowboys legend Michael Irvin was at the premiere for <laughs> whatever Still reason. Still growing. For him. Well, well, coming off that, coming off that uh, longest, longest yard. yard. Longest yard, yeah. him and Sandler are boys. Mm-hmm. I, uh, if I could be friends with Michael Irvin, I definitely would, too. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah, I'd love to be buddies yeah. with Michael Irvin. That would be awesome. Yeah. 100%. We get, uh, yeah, Regis in the in this as well. I'm trying to I think of Regis. see how many marriages. Regis just makes me happy. Caitlyn Jenner as Bruce Jenner, though. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. That's a stretch. Oh, man. There's some truly big names in this movie. Yeah, a lot of cameos. Sandler pulls on on his crew, you know, his crew of cameos uh, of, of of buddies. Pop what up. was your favorite um, moment in the movie? Mine was when they did double Dutch. <laughs> and that was awesome. That was sick. They jump roped. Yeah, I laughed was... so hard when they were jump roping. See, those that's the kind of like that's not a joke. That's just like. Something that can be filmed. Yeah, no, you're right. There's no, there's no jokes in this. It's if you wanted to be exceedingly generous, you just say, "Oh, it's just physical comedy." But it's, it's not even that. It's just, I don't know. Being the only physical comedy is knowing that he's a, a actually a, a dude. You know, like that -hmm. would be the physical comedy. But like, he's not playing a dude, playing a girl. He's playing an actual girl. Uh, but he does, I guess, dress like Jill and then go on the cruise and do that and try to seduce Pacino mm-hmm. as himself. And it's this weird crossover <laughs> where, I mean, I'm not even, I'm giving it way more credit than I probably should. But that's basically the extent of it is uh, he goes and pulls the Mrs. Doubtfire change in the uh, men's bathroom uh-huh. thing, you know, and um, seduces Pacino and then credits roll. The end. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that you mentioned Doubtfire. That's the thing is like we've seen this done well. This Tootsie, this bit, yeah. But you got to be funny. You got to have comedy. And boy, this is not uh, just not comedic at all. And and Sandler at this point, I think, is just not just doesn't have it from a, a or does isn't trying from a from a writing standpoint too. So um, I I mean I know I think you're with me, Arby. But please correct me if I'm wrong. We're like. I think I, I at least was at the point where I was like, I don't think he's funny. I think he just lost it the way that uh, yeah. 
the way that Mike Myers has lost yeah. it. And, this or, is like the love guru. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or whoever oh, else. Yeah. And then you, you see that Netflix special and you're like, well, this is, I mean, this is brilliant comedy. So he still has it. It's just maybe finding ways to untap it or being motivated to do so or, or some, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know working what, with different people to kind of trigger that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think changing the format triggered something, but just so few people like make comedies. Now there's like no young you kind of did the funny people thing with that crew, but there hasn't been much since. So it's probably just going to be a lot of bad Netflix movies and then an occasional good dramatic performance. And, you know, hopefully he catches lightning in a bottle with one or two of them and, you know, gets nominated or something because he's such a likable celebrity. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny for someone who's made so much hated content. I think really his Q rating is still enormously high. Um, I don't think many people like dislike him mm-hmm. as a person. Sure. Um, he just seems really, you know, the qualities we all like. So it's hard to say, but yeah, I think this will kind of be it, which is a, a bummer, but he's man streets ahead. Cause he's, he got on the streaming thing, nice and early got you know and kids do still love him and they love all those you know bad sandler movies and so i mean it's i'm surprised honestly he hasn't gone back to the well on like a billy madison sequel or a happy gilmore sequel yet i feel like comedically that would be his next move i would big, love to see a big happy gilmore big granddaddy mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. get those one of those sprouses and happy gilmore big, where he plays the senior grand- tour or something yeah senior tour gilmore Billy Madison as a, you know, teaching or something. Mm-hmm. Surprised that hasn't happened. I'm not wistful for it. I'm just surprised. That's a good point. You'd think Netflix would want him to do that too. Oh that would yeah, have part of the deal was like you got to bring back one of your beloved characters mm-hmm. or do Grown Ups three. I'm surprised they haven't done Grown Ups three for for Netflix. Well, Spade's show just got canceled about an hour ago, so he's mm-hmm. free. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Iraq, yeah, they're. Rock is uh is on a little break now, so maybe they can squeeze in a uh, quarantine grown ups movie. <laughs> mm. Just just satellite everybody in there. And, yeah, zoom ups. Yeah, and the scene where he's at the Laker game too, Ugh. and he's like he's like standing in front of Pacino and um, and Depp, like talking to him. It's the most obvious green screen. Like he's standing in front of a green screen, and they're just showing like a shoot around footage behind him. Did you see that? Yeah. Go back and watch that. It looks so janky. <laughs> like they just threw it out of focus behind him, but it looks so bad because they couldn't film it during an actual game, I guess, or something. And so they did all they could to make it look look authentic. But uh, yeah, there's some really bad. Like to, when you said eighty million dollars, I was like, oh my, this looks like an eight million dollar movie. Yeah, Max. it does. I think it's just literally the talent. It's like Sandler probably got, yeah. like Brian said, maybe he got double his rate. And Pacino probably got a like a eight million dollar check for this, you know. Mm-hmm. Those add up. Yeah. Katie Holmes. They they probably covered a good chunk of that production yeah. budget though with with the Dunkin' Donuts thing. I mean, I say that semi jokingly, but I, I I bet there was a good chunk of product placement money that came through for those. Probably only cost the studio. Yeah, and they got a rev share on the Dunkin' forever. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's worth weighted gold. We need a movie about the. Casey Affleck, Dunkin' Donuts character. <laughs> I'm not smoking in here, Mark. They filmed it in L.A., so, I mean, that's pretty expensive. They probably didn't get any kind of tax break on it. You'd think this would be in Vancouver and in Atlanta. He's got that. Get it paid he either for. shoots, like, on the lot, because he's got that big office on the Sony lot. Yeah, this is like half uh, Sony Pictures, Culver City. Yeah. Yep. He's like, half of that lot is the Happy Madison offices. Mm-hmm. Which is, I'm sure, just like eight guys in there, like crushing Miller lights at noon and playing pickup <laughs> basketball, yeah. and then, um, <laughs> and then, or he, or he shoots like super on location, like where the purpose of the movie is on location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one is is extremely confusing. This is what I wonder. This kind of goes back to a, a discussion we were having a week or so ago. You know, uh, Paul Feig wears his three piece suits. Mm. And we're we're for sure confident that Judd Apatow makes fun of him behind his back. Like, <laughs> this guy, you know, he won't say it to his face or in public, but he's like, this guy's wearing three piece suits. Like, what what do his friends say to to Sandler? Like, you know, Judd Judd went to this premiere. Like, what did he say to him after? He's like, dude, Adam, so funny, man, so good. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. How or do they take him aside and be like, Adam, come here? 
Dude. What do you, what do you do? <laughs> what? You okay? Yeah. Everything good? Yeah. Do we need to, you need to talk. I'm, I'm here for you. Get a you need anything? Or, yeah. Yeah. Like what, what does this support group of, does he, is he just surrounded by yes men or is yeah, anyone who's thing. funny say, dude, you're so much funnier than this. What are you, what yeah. are you doing? Now it's the danger of kind of being judged during executioner of Sandler, no matter how talented you are. And he's a talented mm-hmm. guy. You, I think you end up just in that cycle of everyone going, oh, good one, boss. Let's write that one down. Okay. And then next thing you know, that's the script. Yeah. 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 Again, I, I, maybe I'm just totally wrong, but I, I feel like there's a, there's almost, it's not sophisticated enough comedy for there to be a, you know, a wink to the audience. But I, I don't know. I, I always kind of feel like Sandler knows his piece. People know, they know when they write this stuff, uh, this sucks, but it'll, it doesn't matter. We're, we're getting, I don't know if they know it sucks, sucks. Um, We'll just, this is, we just get, it's like the end game of, we just got to get 80 minutes. That's, that's what we're going for. Yeah. Whatever else, whatever inspiration that strikes in that great, but doesn't really matter. We're just, we're just trying to crank. They got paid by Royal Caribbean and, and Dunkin' Donuts. So Mm -hmm. yeah, half the movie was sponsored, sponsor money. And then Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. call it a day and then go, Get on set at Zookeeper, you know? You got to do it. I think, I don't know if he outwardly knows they suck, especially while they're happening, but I think it's, he values a good time making something and it's financial success paramount. I don't think. That's what I, I, it confuses me so much because, you know, Judd was his roommate when they both moved to LA Mm -hmm. after, uh, or before SNL. And, you know, Adam went out to SNL and Judd was like, alone in their apartment that whole time when he was living in New York. And yeah, it just confuses me because, you know, he says in his book, I think it's sick in the head when he's interviewing Sandler, he's like, Adam Sandler, there's nothing in the world that matters more to Adam Sandler than being funny. Mm. Nothing than people thinking he's funny and being funny. Yeah. That's why I'm like, how do you make, how do you make this? Yeah. If all you care about is, is being funny because you don't need money you're famous as hell. Uh, right now, I would think all he cares about is making the funniest thing he can. That's why I'm just so confused. If he if he's if he edited this thing and, and then screened it for himself, and he's just dying laughing, turning it in, and like, guys, here, here you go, here you guys go, man. This is, whoo, this is a good one I got for you. And then this is what it was. That, that concerns me more about him than the studio system, the Hollywood, you know, cash cash grab, whatever you want to say. You know, mm-hmm. if. Uh, but then, yeah, he goes and does stand up, and it's hilarious. So, yeah, maybe it's just like uh, the medium has passed him by more than he's not funny. You know, mm-hmm. like I think Mike Myers is still funny, but I just don't think he's funny in movies anymore. Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's a funny person. It's just doesn't know how to translate that to to the big screen anymore. A little out of touch, I guess, with mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. current comedy, and that happens. But yeah, yeah, for sure. I still think, uh, I mean, we saw Uncut Gems, but I still think Sandler could do another funny movie. Like, Oh, like, yeah. Uh, I just think the right thing has to come along where we'll all laugh at him again instead of just be enamored by his personality. But I'm excited for that. Well, man, I, I don't want to think about Jack and Jill. I don't want to talk about Jack and Jill. This was torturous. I had to do Grown Ups, and Grown Ups was... Did I do Grown Ups 2 <laughs> or Grown Ups? <laughs> I think you did too. I think you did too. Well, yeah. They're both they're both painful, but this was another level. Absolutely yeah. another level. Those feel like Oscar movies compared to compared to this. For sure. And you can tell at least they're having fun on set. Like mm-hmm. I don't think anyone was having fun here but Sandler. And <laughs> you know he like dressed like a girl every day and he's like Walking to set, he's like, "What the hell am I doing?" Why <laughs> walking in heels and like, it's like, where where did my career go? I was in Punch Drunk Love. What the hell is going on? You know? Yeah, it's just yeah. like one of those like moments of record scratch. I bet you're wondering how I got in this situation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, narration comes in from Ron Howard of Arrested Development. You know, that kind of thing. But man, yeah, this is this is about as bad as it gets. This I'd rank this as the worst Adam Sandler movie, without question. Maybe we should do some more digging and find out definitively what is the worst. But I would say Grown Ups Two and and Jack and Jill have got to be my 
my least favorites. But he's got some bad ones. I haven't seen the do-over. Need to see that one. Do you? I need to see <laughs> Sandy Wexler. I haven't seen that one. Right now, Blended, though. Blended right now is mm-hmm. up there. All right. Oh, let's grade this thing out. I'm going to hit a, wec- a weekly recommend. I'm going to grade Jack and Jill out and uh, get out your uh, your notary. The Kent Garrison patented mm-hmm. F minus 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 mm. for Jack and Jill. All right, Brian. Yeah. Uh, look, I am a notary. Uh, I have my uh, mm-hmm. notary certification. So maybe I can trade the, the, uh, the notarizing of this. Uh, in in exchange for the the royalty fee of using the F minus 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 because this is this is definitely uh, this is the worst this is worse than ridiculous six which I didn't think was possible so it, this is a F minus 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 so 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 bad this is definitely the the low spot for for the Sandman and it bums me out Kent I just uh, Venmo you the licensing fee Thank for hundred of one hundred twenty five thousand dollars <laughs> to use F Minus, 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 minus as well. Thank you. Wow. You're welcome. Enjoy it. Triple F minus. Take minus, yourself something minus. nice. I don't know if that's ever been done. Only happens every once in a while. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, usually you can't yeah. afford the yeah. licensing fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'll let it slide mm-hmm. for Jack and Jill. Well, there you go. Pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad, man. Uh, Hope we're done. Come on, Sandler. Blink, blink twice if you need us. We're here for you. Okay. Weekly recommends. Okay, uh, Richard, what can you recommend for our man fam this week? Yeah, I've been doing. I've been watching shows, which is rare for me. You know, I uh, I tend to not watch shows, and so. But we've been doing. Uh, we've been doing devs in this house. Nice, the Alex nice. Garland joint, and uh, I'm enjoying it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend devs. Alex Garland. It's on Larry King's The Hulu um, and mm-hmm. FX, I believe. Um, yeah. And then there's also the, uh, what's the, the Jason Siegel show. We've been watching that one too. Also good. Both kind of trippy. Yeah. yeah, Dispatches from elsewhere. Um, it's, it's good, but both are kind of cool, trippy, um, shows that are, that I'm, I'm enjoying. I kind of, they're running together. I wish they weren't both out right now, but they're, they're cool. Nice. What episode are you on on devs? Are you, I'm live on devs. I'm a couple behind on dispatches, Mm -hmm. but I'm live on devs as of last night. Nice. Yeah, I've been, I've really enjoyed Devs a lot. It's uh, yeah, very similar to, great. to Ex Machina in the tone, mm-hmm. in the style of cinematography. I love the music of Devs too. Yeah, it's so good. And Offerman's great in it. Allison Pill is is a really good actress. I really enjoy a lot of what she does. And yeah, man, it's been it's been uh, pretty mind blowing. I will say, yeah, you know, it, it has a lot to do with artificial intelligence and stuff like that and kind of where tech companies are going to be someday and well yeah it's it's been really really fun watch it's a limited series so i don't think they're doing another season or anything like that it's it's one um one season eight episodes i believe so i think there's two more now and they're um maybe 40 minutes each something like that but yeah i've loved dev so far i really have the, those those first couple episodes and then the most recent ones Kind of towards the end, um, been a really stellar, good sci-fi TV, really intelligently done and and well shot. So I'm glad he did it this way instead of trying to make that into a movie. You know, I agree. Oh, actually, I think there's only oh no, there are eight ups. Okay, cool. There's gonna six be eight. Far, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's six are out right now, but uh, there's two weeks left. Yeah, man, that one's uh, that one's really solid. I would definitely double down on that recommend if you have not checked it out. Devs T E V S. So you watching that, Brian? I watched the. It was a double pilot or whatever. They they released two yeah. episodes uh, first night. I watched them and I really dug it. And I, th- but immediately I was like, I need this is a binge. I need I need to wait until this whole thing is out and then I'll I'll sit down mm-hmm. and watch the whole thing because it was like it's super interesting and really well put together. But it's also kind of dense and and heavy. And I think I'm gonna have to like find a time like okay, I'm in the right headspace to watch four of these or something, and then just and right. power through it because. It's really good. Yeah. It's fun to see Offerman in a different role too. Like it's a, that's a much different mm-hmm. thing than what we typically see him play. And it's, it's, it's fun to yeah. see him kind of show a his range. He's a good fun actor. Yeah. For, yeah. for sure. He's on a good run the last couple of years. Yeah, he's, he's that a, music movie was good. Mm-hmm, 
Um, can't remember the title of it. I'm bad with titles, Heart, but yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 for he's doing a lot better than like Rain Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both have those kind of iconic uh, television characters and mm-hmm. similar stuff, and he's definitely spun out of it. Absolutely, yeah. Devs is Devs is great, and keep, give it a give it a chance, Brian. I know you're going to like yeah, uh, where it goes. Sure. It 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 really does. Every episode, it takes it to a new place. You know, mm-hmm. it's like s- stuff actually happens in the show. It's not just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, something happens in episode one, and then seven episodes For later, sure. and then episode For eight, sure. something else happens. You know, uh, it, it's really well paced. I like it. Um, I'm going to recommend a TV show as well. That's uh, very Kent Garrison like. I've been I've been live on it since it premiered, but uh, it just came back for another season, and I'm really really into it. Really anticipated on the weekends. It's Westworld. I don't know if you guys are caught up on Westworld, but uh, really really good show, man. Really fun, really interesting premise. The way they've they've taken it, uh, different places has interested me. Really strong performance by Evan Rachel Wood. You know, Ed Harris is in it in his control room. Uh, Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Paul is in season three as well. It's uh, good to see him. Lena Waithe, uh, Marshawn Lynch, of course. Um, Tessa Thompson's great in it. Tandy Newton, Anthony Hopkins, really good cast. But uh, yeah, man, if if you're not into Westworld, there's ten episodes in each season, season one and two, and then there's I think four in season three that are already out. So mm. that's a good binge, man. It's a good one. A lot. It's a, it's a fun one to go. To go back and look at some theories on, you know, and uh, hear what other people think. It's like it's kind of like Game of Thrones in that way, where you know you don't really know what's going to happen, but there are a lot of theories as to what could happen because mm-hmm. it is kind of based on the Westworld property, but they've taken it in a different direction than the Westworld movie was and TV show and all that. So, so yeah, man, Westworld has been fun, and J.J. Abrams and Jonathan Nolan are working things behind the scenes there to bring it to us. So shout out JJ, shout out Jonathan Nolan, the uh, showrunner for Westworld. It's been, it's been worth my investment. It has, nice. it's been a fun one to look forward to every Sunday night. Now that uh, curb and game of Thrones are gone. So mm. that's been fun. Westworld season three, check it out. Nice. I watched the first season. Do you guys know, speaking of like, go ahead, go ahead, Brian. No, no, no you go, go, go. Um, do you guys know, are like Barry and succession coming back? Are those done filming? Barry, those are is, Barry was not. Uh, Barry was still oh, writing. That sucks. Okay, because um, they're normally was, like I think a it was Jew. supposed to. Yeah, I think it was supposed to start up here in May or something. But okay. um, they said they're just going to finish writing, and I think they were maybe trying to be done writing it by end of April to film this year for maybe a fall release. But I think that's all been pushed back. But gotcha. they hadn't even started on Barry season three yet. Um, I mean, other than writing. So yeah, I don't know about shows succession. are free though right now. Just in case the man fam doesn't know, like the like HBO, it's not full access to HBO Go or HBO Now or whatever. But you can you can watch Succession and Barry and McMillions and I think Westworld was a part of that. They Sopranos put, like, is on there. Yeah, yeah, they put a, like a kind of a mix of their classic shows and and the current shows on for free that you can you can get to if that's uh, if you are trying to catch up on those things. That's pretty cool. Decent little catalog that company yeah, has they've done okay accumulated over the last thirty years. Yeah, yeah. not all yeah, boxing Westworld. over there at HBO. So that stuff. And that's good stuff. Westworld has been uh, been really fun, man. It's uh, yeah, I there's like two or three shows I still need to catch up on that I've got <laughs> on the list for this. I guess during this uh, quarantine here, probably another month or so. But but yeah, Westworld has been one that I'm glad I'm. I, I like experiencing some of it live. You know. Yeah, um, sure. To be able to listen to a podcast the next day about it mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, so this is the only one I'm kind of, and devs too, I guess, but uh, are the only ones I'm kind of week by week ingesting mm-hmm. episodes. Mm-hmm. I cool. still like doing it the old fashioned way sometimes. Yeah, fun. I do too. I'm with you. All right, Brian. I'm going to recommend a show too uh, that's also sci fi y. So we, we've kind of, we're three for three today on uh, on this stuff. I've only watched two episodes of it so far. So I, uh, re- you know, I reserve the right to revoke my recommendation, but I also may use it on a daily recommend at some point in the next couple of days. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's called Tales from the Loop. I don't know if you if you guys have seen this advertised at all. Um, all my TVs no. have a have a, a Amazon Fire Stick or or Fire TV hooked up to them, and so mm-hmm. 
whenever they have a new show or a new movie or whatever, they get advertised a lot right at the on the home screen. Because um, mm. otherwise, I don't know if I would have even have heard of this. But yeah. uh, they popped it up a few days ago. And it's like, uh, it's based on a book that this guy, I can't remember if he's, I'm trying to look up his name. Is he Finnish or Swedish? His name is Simon Stalinhag, who he took like kind of landscape shots, like photo- uh, photographs, and then inserted uh, technology into him. So he put like uh, robots and, and a tractor that's floating. And oh, like yeah, that. I know that stuff. And it's really cool. It's very futuristic looking, but like mm-hmm. lightly futuristic, which is cool. I was yeah. kind of my favorite sci-fi in a lot of ways. I like that stuff. So this, uh, this show is based on, on his book, but his book, it's almost all just pictures. There's no story to it. So they're developing stories out of the images in his book and stuff. And it's, I thought it was going to be full on anthology, but it's not really, it's, they're all sort of interconnected. Um, but maybe not not like in a serialized kind of way. So it's really interesting, and it's good, they've got a good cast. Rebecca Hall is a big part of it. Jonathan Price um, and some others. They're and both then, decent. Yeah, totally. And then they've I got. S- I saw Charlie McDowell made one. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm Charlie McDowell directed one. Andrew Stanton directed one. Um, there's some other names. How much involved. CPK is in it? <laughs> None yet, but I'm hoping. Obviously, okay. a futuristic okay, version cool. of CPK uh, will be a part of it. But yeah, it's really it's it's quite interesting and really. It's uh, it's very really beautifully shot. The two episodes that I've seen, um, and has like a really cool mystery element to it. That also maybe at the moment doesn't seem like it's going to be just overwhelmingly mystery, you know. Uh, and so I, I'm digging it so far. So I'll 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 continue to watch it, maybe report back on it. But at the moment, two episodes in, it's really good, and I'm I've been very impressed with uh, with what they've done with it so far. So Tales from the Loop on Amazon Prime is my my recommend. Awesome. I did not know that existed. I will actually, that sounds very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys would dig it. It's, uh, it's not, uh, it's not as heavy, at least at this point, it's not as heavy as devs is not as Alex Garlandy as devs is, but mm-hmm. it has some of those same sensibilities, I guess. Nice. Yeah. I, I think I find devs more easily digestible than Westworld even. Yeah. Like, I'm with uh, you on that. West, I, I, Westworld, like where sure. it goes, I mean, you have to know, like episode by episode, what what happened before. Because, I mean, the whole the whole thing with Westworld of some people being robots and some people being humans, like that, where that goes later in the series is like, wait, is that a robot? Or <laughs> you like totally forget who is who's who, and it can really mess you up not knowing. But uh, yeah, I find devs pretty easy, di- easily digestible, um, more than I would have expected for an Alex Garland like something that he would flesh out into 10 episodes. You'd think it'd be super talky and mm-hmm. very into like, it is intellectually stimulating, but like almost pretentiously uh, intellectually stimulating, but I find it pretty easy to follow. And I think it's like kind of a good for a mass audience, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it's, it's intelligent sci-fi. That's not too, too intelligent. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, um, sure. To where you can't understand what the hell is going on. But, but yeah, really enjoy that. I'll uh, look for that. Tales from the Loop. I got too much Tales from the Crypt to catch up on first, but then I'll move on to the the Loop. All right, this has been fun. Good recommends. If you want some more recommends, every day this week, you're going to check out our VIP feed. Brian will be dropping some daily recommend episodes over there. Fun times happening always at the VIP, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. If you want to hit up that Discord and get on some movie chat, it'll be a lot of fun. So, Brian, where can I find you online? You can find me on the Twitter, BGill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Uh, Richard, where can we find you? You can find me in those same places, at Richard Barden on Twitter, social media. I've been rocking the Peloton lately in the quarantine, trying to get in shape. So you can find me on the Peloton at Richard Barden. You can, we can ride together. Be fun. Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on the social media at Kent Garrison. And find our show, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. If you like what you hear... Leave us five stars on the iTunes. That really helps grow the show. Definitely send to your friends. Recommend the iTunes feed to them. Maybe Spotify. We're pretty much on every podcast platform that's out there. So check it out. Subscribe. And uh, hopefully we'll see you soon at the cinema. Bye-bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. 
And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 